0: You're listening to the Goddess Talk Podcast, where we have real conversations about all things spirituality, self-development, women's empowerment, conscious entrepreneurship, and more. This podcast was designed to inspire women to reclaim their power, come into alignment with their soul's purpose, and create their best possible lives. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's get into today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Wow, I just want to start by saying I am so blown away with how positively things have been received in this first week of launching. I honestly couldn't have imagined it going any other way, any better way. I'm just feeling so fulfilled and supported and excited about what is possible through this platform. I've already received just so many beautiful messages from you guys telling me how much you're enjoying the episodes already, how much you're feeling inspired and impacted and uplifted, and that is all I want. I am so happy to hear that this has touched anyone, let alone several people um, on on a deep level. That is all I want, and I'm just feeling so, so honored to be in a position where I can be able to serve you and to serve more and more women in a bigger and bigger way, which is all I'm really here to do. So just thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with me. I think there is something to be said about taking a couple steps forward towards the things you're called to and watching as life, as universal energy, as God takes a thousand back towards you. I'm really feeling that this week. I'm feeling that sense of being supported. And again, it all just means so much to me. So with that being said as well, if you are excited about this podcast, if you've been listening and enjoying and resonating with the content so far, it would mean so much to me if you subscribed and if you left a rating and a review, preferably a five-star rating, it would be so deeply appreciated and Also would help me to continue to grow the show and bring on some really inspiring, powerful guests to be able to serve all of you. And again, to continue to serve more and more women and people in a bigger and bigger way. So all of that would mean so much to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. And yeah, let's get into today's episode. So today I've got an amazing guest, Emily Miyoto, on the show. Emily is a theta healing practitioner and meditation coach. Emily and I can talk for hours, and we did talk for hours during this interview. So I actually decided that I'm gonna split up her interview into two parts just because I want it to feel a little bit more digestible for you guys. I don't want to overwhelm you with too much at once. So we'll do part one this week and then part one next week. So In this week's segment of her interview, we talked about a lot. Um, Emily started by taking us through her daily practice, showing us how she prepares for her day through ritual, and then she kind of teaches us how we can cultivate our own ultimate daily practice. We spend a lot of time talking about theta healing, so Emily describes what her role looks like as a Theta healing practitioner. And she really talks about how she accesses the true root of our limiting beliefs. So she talks about how a lot of us think that our limiting beliefs are something way more surface level than they actually are. Usually the limiting beliefs that we're conscious of are actually held in place by a belief that is several layers deeper and it's unconscious. So she kind of talks about how she's able to take a limiting belief that we're consciously aware of and then backtrack 10 plus steps behind on the subconscious unconscious level to clear out the true root um, of the limiting belief that's holding it in place which I found to be absolutely fascinating. It's such a different approach to limiting beliefs, goes so much deeper. I'm really excited for you guys to hear what she has to say. And then we talked about acting out of love versus fear and turning off autopilot to get really intentional as we move through day-to-day life. So a lot of amazing wisdom, a lot of just goodness and... Um, really interesting information in this part one. And then part two next week will be all about tuning into your own energy system and accessing your own healing potential. So if that sounds interesting, make sure that you stay tuned. And yeah, I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. Emily is so intuitive and empathetic but also just such a wealth of knowledge. I was so fascinated by her, everything she shared and all of her gifts during this interview. And I really think that you all will be too. So I'm gonna leave you there. I hope that you all enjoy and soak up everything she has to say. And yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. welcome back to the goddess talk podcast we're here with emily miyoto of em's path emily is a theta healing practitioner and a meditation coach inspired by her own health issues emily has been involved in health and wellness for several years and her practice today combines mindfulness removal of limiting beliefs and the connection of mind body and soul to strengthen intuition and create an awakening for healing So, I'm really excited today for this episode. Welcome to the show, Emily.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here and to learn from you and to hopefully give knowledge in some sense to everybody.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to have you. So, I want to tell everybody how we were connected because I think it's kind of a cool story. So, Emily and I were in a mastermind together in 2018. We both kind of wanted to take our businesses and our brands to the next level. And so we were in a six-month program. So it basically ended a year ago from today, um, which was really cool because in that program, a big part of that was about creating our vision and taking things to the next level and stepping out in a bigger way. And I'm sure at the time, we both were thinking about having podcasts. And it's cool to be full circle. Now you're on my podcast. You're starting your own podcast. So it's really cool to be back together after a full year.
1: I know. It's crazy how the universe will bring you people that you are meant to meet at the time you meet them. Yeah. So there's definitely a reason that we had to meet at that time.
0: Yeah. And it's cool, too, because, I mean, we've kind of been in touch, but, like, we haven't been nearly as in touch as we were during the mastermind. But then it was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is divine timing again for us to come back and connect again. So it's cool how that works, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah it's honestly amazing how like you never think that well hopefully you do think that you actually get to the point where you are actually starting on business or you're completing a goal that you want to do but when you see it actually manifesting you realize how how powerful the universe and your mind and a little bit of hard work is to get yeah. you to where you want to be
0: yeah yeah. Especially how powerful you are. I feel like that's the biggest thing we deny is how powerful we are. And when you just realize that and say yes to it, it's like everything starts to work. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. I know that over the year, a lot of my own limiting beliefs have been shed in order for me to discover my own power. Because a lot of the times, like all these things can hold you back that you don't even realize are there. And you keep thinking or blaming external um other reasons or excuses mm-hmm. or people or events for why you're not living the life you want to live or achieving the goals you want to achieve but then when you are able to become so self-aware that you know that's actually you nobody else but just you mm-hmm. then you become a badass bitch and you yeah. can rule the world <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like that was, that was my whole thing this year too, was like so much releasing so much up leveling and so much exactly what you're saying, like overcoming my environment and no longer blaming what's around me or who's around me or the resources I have, but like realizing that I'm either my, I'm either the thing that's standing in my way or I'm the thing that's cultivating my success and my empowerment. And so it's just been a huge exactly like you're saying, of like no longer making excuses and just claiming my power on every level and making massive change. And it feels so good to just look back like a year ago, how much has really shifted. It's really, really cool. I read somewhere recently that it was saying how 2009
1: was to make you strong and 2020 is to make you happy. So this year was all about having to go through the hard times and the struggles in order to realize our own power so that next year, all we're going to be doing is manifesting.
0: Yeah. I feel like 2020 is all about receiving. I want that to be my, I want that to be like my word for 2020. It's just Mm -hmm. cool. I've done the work. Like I've had the breakthroughs. Now it's time to receive.
1: I had a friend that actually does a word for every week kind of be like her guidance for the every week but I like the idea of having it for the full year too
0: yeah yeah or even like having an over like an overarching word for the year and then having like micro words for each week would be cool Mm -hmm. too okay so I want to do like a few warm-up questions before we really get into everything just to warm up and um, get to know you a little bit better before we really get started so I just have four for you. The first one sure. is, what is your daily practice? If you have one, and if you don't, I would love to just know what some of your favorite rituals or spiritual practices are.
1: So I do actually have a daily ritual. And it starts when I first... Actually, it starts the night before. So the, right before I go to bed, I listen to... neural beats specifically on theta waves. And during that time I spend probably around 15, 20 minutes envisioning my higher self and the version I want to be. So I will add in everything that I feel in that time, everything that I want to have, the people in my life, everything, down to like the tiniest detail. And I'll do that for 15, 20 minutes. And when you're in the theta state, you're actually accessing your subconscious mind. So you're able Mm. to train your brain and your subconscious to believe that that is the real you. So then I go to sleep, which again, you're accessing your subconscious mind through theta, through delta. And what happens is in the morning, it's like a full reset. So you have the choice in the morning to act out how you lived the day before or a change into the person you want to be. So again, when I wake up, I have my vision board like right on the side of like my wall. So right when I wake up, that's the first thing I see. And again, I spend some time just looking at it, trying to envision like, okay, this is what I have. This is like the place that I'm going to go, the people I'm going to see, the practice I'm going to do. And then I ask you to say thank you for everything that I want to have happen in my day. So I'll be like, thank you for a delicious breakfast, for the safe travels, for this. And I'll even add in things that I might not know were going to happen. And before I even step out of bed, I say an affirmation to myself of no matter where I go, no matter what I do, no matter who I do it with, it is my dominant intention that wow, how do I forget this? It says every day. <laughs> Un momento.
0: You're saying it on the flow now. It's not in the normal at the normal time. So it's going yeah, you out. That's what it
1: is. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, no matter who I do it with, is it is my dominant intention that I find everything that I'm looking for. Oh
0: beautiful. And
1: I do that before I step my feet off my bed. And then my day just starts off on a really positive note. Mm-hmm. Um, from there I do my 30 minute, if I can, 45 minute meditation again this is all just to try and program my mind to start a different way and to think a different way because through years of programming and being raised in a world that we always focus on the negative always
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that i need to try and train myself to be able to know my own power to know my own strength and to manifest Mm -hmm. um every so often if i have the time i also do a tarot card reading. Mm. um and that is if I ever need any direction or guidance or there's a trouble that I haven't been able to solve through meditation that I kind of just want my higher self and my spirits to kind of just guide me in that way and then a gratitude journal oh my god I have so many practices I can literally go on my mornings are I so do too <laughs> I love it this is so good though I was just thinking I was like oh my god I'm not even halfway done my <laughs> my morning routine but then I definitely do a gratitude journal because again I need to show how grateful I am for everything we do have in my life everything I want to include and then that brings more of it into my life and I've Mm -hmm. been able to see an amazing thing is that I'll go back and I'll look at the things that I was grateful for that I hadn't received my life yet but I wanted to receive and I've literally been able to check off everything it's been it's been amazing Um, so cool And then I will do some intuitive journaling and that Mm -hmm. is again, to speak to my higher self, to gain some clarity. And, and I can talk literally so much detail about all these different things, but I'll leave it at that. And then throughout the day, I'll listen to binaural beats all the time. If I can do meditation at night, I will do one at night as well. And it's all just to keep me in inner peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's probably half of my daily
0: routine, so I'll leave you at that. (laughs) Okay, okay. I have so many things to say. First, (laughs) firstly, I want to know what is what's your sign? Because I'm curious. Because of all the structure, I want to know what your sign is. Cancer. Cancer. Okay, I'm a Cancer Moon. I'm a Cancer Moon too. Oh, you are. Yeah. What's your rising? No idea. No idea. You just know the cancer. Okay, I I can see a cancer being very routined and like liking the familiarity every day and Mm -hmm. having a lot of structure. Um, Okay, so first of all, I really like that you start it the night before, like that 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 you recognize that that's starting your day off. Um, Because I like, well, I always do visualization work in the morning, and then I like go right into doing to taking actions that are aligned with that. But I really like the idea of doing it at night because it's like, okay, here's my vision. Now I'm just going to receive this at night. And then in the morning, I'm going to say yes to it and take the actions. Yeah. So I really like that it's more of a feminine way to connect with your vision. It's not so action heavy. It's just like, let's go into sleep in this frequency of what I'm creating. Mm -hmm. Um, And then binaural beats. So I've, I've been using binaural beats actually for when I'm doing work. I put on like focus binaural beats or something. My boyfriend got me hooked on them, but I haven't done it before bed. That's really cool. So you searched for like theta binaural beats on Spotify or something. Yeah, and
1: I actually have this um mindfulness technology that and I can tell you like the name of it I think it's called Mind Alive. And what it does is it actually sends the frequencies to your brain through your earlobes. So you can actually attach these like little like electrodes to your earlobes and Mm yeah, it's, it's amazing. And they have them for like alpha, beta, theta, delta, super delta. So when I am yeah. doing work, I'll put it to super beta and I will just complete what would take me like three hours. Cause I get distracted sometimes. into yeah. so like half an hour. And then when I am trying to do my visualization and manifesting, I'll put it to theta. And then when I want to go to sleep, I'll put it to delta and it's, yeah. So usually I'll sometimes like double it up.
0: Yeah. So I'll put those on
1: my ears and then the headphones in my ears for Theta. So
0: Okay, what are they called again? I really want to get these. <laughs> it is called
1: I haven't heard it. Mind Alive Oasis Pro. And it looks like this.
0: Oh my god, that's so cool. So it's you just search that online and it will come up. Yeah. Is it okay? Is it like an Amazon thing or is it I think you can find it on Amazon. Okay. But I know that if you buy
1: it from the, I got mine from the Oasis Pro.
0: Okay. That is so cool. My boyfriend will be so excited about that. Yeah.
1: And and it's, yeah, it's an amazing piece of mindfulness technology. Yeah.
0: So cool. Okay. Um, I have so many more things to say about your daily practice, but I think the last thing I'm going to say just for time's sake is, um, (laughs) time's an illusion girl. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. time isn't real anyway let's just let's keep talking let's keep talking um the intuitive journaling so I was somebody that used to be like I don't need journaling I never really get anything out of it but over the last like I would say five months or so I did I actually did a program um like a course and journaling was a really big part of it and I was kind of like I don't know I've tried journaling in the past I feel like it's not really going to be for me but I figured since I was in the course I was going to like go all out and see what happened and I I love it so much. I think before I was just kind of doing like kind of just like free flow writing, but now I like to ask myself questions and like respond to them or kind of ask my higher self what needs to come through. And then I write that down and I like Mm -hmm. to do a lot of embodiment work too. Like if I'm feeling um, a little bit stuck or blocked, I like to write down like, okay, what do I choose to believe today? Or what do I choose? What do I say yes to today? Or what do I want to embody today? So just kind of like declaration work, like where am I now? And what do I in this moment decide to change or to up level into or to embody? And it's so powerful. Once I'm done, I'm just like so lit up and so ready to get into work. I love it. Um, And it is intuitive in the sense that I let myself ask questions, but it's not so free for all that I don't have any structure at all. I kind of make my own structure every day. And I think that's what's changed it for me is that I have like questions to respond to or prompts to respond to.
1: And that's one of the things about any spiritual mindfulness personal practice is that it's different for everybody. Um, And that's why sometimes I find that people like, I know a lot of my friends have a hard time meditating Mm
0: -hmm. and that's
1: because they have an idea in their head of what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't happen for them, they just kind of neglect it as it's not working or whatever. But same thing with journaling for you if it's a certain type of journaling it might really really connect with your soul and if it's not then you have to continue trying out until you find something that does work right
0: yeah
1: um really I know that for structured for me it feels like homework but when I do the intuitive it works wonders yeah. so it's all kind of like trial and error until you find out what works
0: yeah yeah so true and I think that the biggest thing, like you said, is just letting go of expectation of what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, this journaling is supposed to make me feel this way. And if it doesn't, I fucked up or I'm not doing it right. Or it's not working for me, but it's like, no, like just, just me doing it is empowering or just me doing it is meaningful. And if some days it makes me feel incredible and other days it just makes me feel good, that's okay. I can just embrace it being What it needs to be for that day and for that moment, and not be so attached to how it has to happen or how it has to be. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What is the best place that you've traveled to?
1: Ooh. The best place I've traveled. Okay. Now, the best place I've traveled to in this physical body (laughs) or. What other bodies? (laughs) So I actually got a healing done on me last week and it brought me back to four past lives
0: oh my god so
1: i actually traveled in time these are pretty cool places so i could include those so wild include them
0: please include them best in this body and all four of the others please
1: um well the best place i've traveled to in this body would probably be i actually don't I don't know. It probably okay, it probably was Portugal. Um, and that was when I traveled there for a friend's wedding, but the traveling time I was alone and Mm -hmm. I went into it thinking that I would be so scared. I've never traveled alone and that I was like, I for sure I'm getting lost. Like I traveled one time by car in Toronto with two GPSs and a drawn map, and I still got lost. So I was like, if I'm flying across the country like I'm gonna end up in like Timbuktu but during the travels I discovered so much about myself and I was actually reading at the time the untethered soul mm. and it brought me in such a spiritual and soulful soul oh mama mia soulful journey that I know for sure that in my life I have to travel so it was an amazing awakening experience for me it wasn't necessarily the place. The place was really, really beautiful and boiling hot, but it was more of the experience and the, the deeper soul understanding and awareness that I discovered during that travel.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so cool.
1: Yeah. Um, in other lifetimes, there was <laughs> many places <laughs> all around the many, globe. Many, many places. But there was one, one of my first past lives where I was, you know, the Disney movie, Pocahontas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was pretty much me.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. That's
1: so cool. And it, was, it was amazing to experience and walk through the woods and deal with like the herbs and like the energy healing and the elements of like the earth and water and everything. I think that was up to date now, my favorite place that I've traveled to and it mm-hmm. wasn't even in this body, but. Wait, so were you also an energy
0: healer in that life? Yeah. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. And the way I actually left that lifetime is that I tried to save somebody and I fell off a cliff and an eagle swooped down and grabbed me and saved me, but brought me up to the clouds to become a spirit with them. My mind was blown. And every time I tell people the story, I either get a look of, oh my God, that's amazing. Or this woman is batshit crazy. Is
0: insane? <laughs> Who yeah. is this freak? Yeah. Who's this witch? <laughs> but yeah. I think you're cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think I'm pretty cool too. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Wow. So what was the what was the meditation called that got you to got you to see uh, all these? It's called quantum healing hypnosis. Oh, quantum healing. And it okay. took me
1: five hours. And so you did it with like a professional or you... Yeah, at the, okay. um, the studio that I do, uh, my meditation and my theta healing, she, the woman who owns it is a quantum healer. So she wanted to do a session on me to discover more about my abilities and what I had to go through. And yeah, it was an amazing experience. And it, it truly tells a lot about the person you are today mm-hmm. and the... Those strange feelings you get that you feel like you remember something or something mm-hmm. is very, very familiar to your soul mm-hmm. that you don't know why. Like you mm-hmm. have no idea why like it resonates with you, that was brought up during this healing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it brought a deeper awareness of like why for some reason I have a weird desire to go to Ireland, probably had a past life there. Why I had um, this weird feeling to be again in earth and with with my Pocahontas <laughs> like it's
0: yeah it's an amazing yeah. experience so is this is this considered is this the same thing as past life regression or is it a little bit different it's a little bit different because what it
1: also does is it talks to your super conscious so okay. I got to ask my so like there's a subconscious and like the even higher like super conscious and I got to ask my super conscious questions about other people in my life or things that weren't going my way or everything and The strangest thing happened that during it, like you're completely awake during the whole time, but you're in a deep, deep state of either theta or hypnosis or whatever that you don't really know what you're saying or why you're saying it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But i would always want to answer a question that was asked with she, so she should do this or she feels this way or whatever. But my ego kind of kept coming in and be like, no, no, this is me talking. Like, this is about me. Why am I saying she? it was actually just like your super conscious talks in third person, which I found out after. It was the strangest experience.
0: Wow. That I kept is so through. fascinating. Yeah.
1: It was like my mind, my super conscious was talking about my physical body.
0: Yeah. That is so fascinating. Okay. Everything yeah. that you're talking about, I'm like, I need to try this immediately. <laughs> this is so cool. We haven't even gotten into theta healing yet. So that's going to be another thing I know I want to try. <laughs> what is the biggest thing that you've manifested?
1: The biggest thing that I've manifested, um, it would probably be, (laughs) it would probably be my ex-boyfriend. That sounds very interesting, but um, it was during a time when I met him, I think it was about four or five years ago, it was when I was first starting off with um, the understanding of the universe, and I was just like dabbling in it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I wrote a list of what I wanted in a partner, um, everything from the way he treated me, the, his values, even like about his looks. And it was during a time when I was learning how to love myself, and I act, actually just finished a thirty-day um, practice of naming three things I loved about myself in the mirror every day. And it did, it completely changed my perspective of myself and my value and worth of myself. And it was when I changed my internal vibration that every single thing that appeared on that list appeared in my partner, like everything. And I know I had to meet him at the time I met him because he guided me through a lot of challenging times that I had after that, that I know that he was my guardian angel during that. Um, and like the greatest lesson I learned because of all this is that in order for you to manifest, you have to change your own vibration.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I wrote that list at the beginning of the month when I didn't love myself and, and nothing happened. I attracted meant that reflected back how I felt about myself. Mm-hmm. so it wasn't good it wasn't no good man and then as soon as I found I realized my own worth then he appeared and it was literally like magic and I still had that list and I read it to him and I was like you're you're an angel <laughs> that's it yeah. I don't know how you're here that was like the biggest thing I manifested yeah I haven't really considered any of like the physical things that I've manifested as um powerful manifestations only because i've been slowly trying to go away from the materialistic things Mm -hmm. and more into like the experiences and everything like that but i'm putting this out there now the next thing i'm manifesting is a trip to peru (laughs)
0: let this be record going to peru (laughs) she's declaring it here you heard it here first but yeah yeah i have such a similar story about my current boyfriend. Although I didn't, I didn't write out a list, but I had just kind of um, same thing, like just been dating men who just did not even come close to treating me with respect or being like worthy of being my partner, just in the way that they showed up for me, like just nothing about it was, was good or what I deserved. Um, But I was also at a point where I was like, I didn't really know what I deserved because I wasn't I wasn't connected enough to myself. I didn't really – I didn't fully believe that I deserved, like, the amount of love that I now have. Um, mm-hmm. But when I, like – when I really took a stand for myself and started saying, like, no to any person who just did not measure up or was not – was not showing up for me, was not giving me respect, and, like, declared what I was – the only things that I were available for, like – out of nowhere, I was just connected to this person. And it was like such a crazy story of all these coincidences of how we came together that I won't get into now. I'm sure I'll get into it on another episode at some point. But basically, just out of nowhere, he like fell out of the sky. And same thing. He's – I can't even – sometimes I I can't even believe that he's a real person. I'm just like, how are you so good to me? And he's so good to himself, too. Like, how are you just – how do you check off all the boxes and then some like he does things that I couldn't even imagine someone doing for me. And it's, it's amazing. And part of it is like me just recognizing how much I was worthy of me really stepping into unconditional self-love and me really detaching from when it had to happen or how it had to happen and just allowing someone to come to me. And once that happened, he came in like out of nowhere so quickly. It's really cool. Yeah.
1: Um, the people we attract in our lives are there to, I like to think of them as like just your greatest teachers. They're supposed to teach you something. And whether it's the bad, the bad men, the bad, the not so nice guys that come into your life that teach you to love yourself more, or the partners that come into your life that show you that love is possible and that you're deserving of love, like whatever yeah. it could be, the people that come into your life are your greatest teachers to discover more about yourself Mm -hmm. and the ones that anger you or irritate you. They are even greater of a teacher because they're showing you what doesn't resonate with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is why that even when people that bother me in a way that either hurt me or somebody else comes into my life, I am still thankful for them because they're helping me understand more about myself. Mm -hmm. And when you think of that, you, are kind of grateful for every bad situation, every good situation that you come across mm-hmm. because either way you learn something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think they're helping you come back. How, it's like, how can I love myself even more? They're like reminding you to, to love and respect yourself even more. Every time you come into contact with someone who, who doesn't treat you well or who isn't respectful to you, it's just another opportunity for you to love yourself even more. hmm and,
1: sorry, I talk
0: a lot. <laughs> um, I do too. We both, <laughs> we haven't even gone through the warm-up questions, so we are doing, okay, doing great. Okay, go on. That's the fucking, go on. <laughs> no, no, say what you were going to say. I'm sure it's... I don't it even remember to now. <laughs> um,
1: so, so happens with my mind, like I'll have all these different ideas that come out and then I get sidetracked and I'm like, oh, well, it's gone. So <laughs> it might come back out later.
0: <laughs> okay, if it does. <laughs> just stop me and we'll say it. Okay. Okay, so last of our little warm-up questions, what from your vision are you most excited about right now other than Peru?
1: I'm most excited about my vision to assist in other people's spiritual awakening. Um I'm excited to see the journeys that people go through. Um the awakening process that people are going to go through and that I can help them become aware of. Um, the talks and events that I'll be doing traveling the world that i there's so much on my list. Um, but honestly, just being a part of helping others realize their potential and their spiritual awakening mm-hmm. and also my purposes. So whatever avenue that comes out in um, I'm leaving that up to the universe, but I'm just excited to be a part of that process.
0: Beautiful. I think that's exactly what manifestation is. Like just, this is what I want when it happens or how it happens. I don't care. I'm totally open to everything, but this is what I know is for me.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up in is that they want to manifest, for example, a car and they maybe have an opportunity to get a car and they either lost it to somebody else or whatever it could be. Mm -hmm. And automatically you think that, okay, I have bad luck. I can't manifest, whatever. Mm -hmm. But really the universe is just looking out for you because you have no idea. Maybe that person, knock on wood that they don't, maybe that person got into an accident when they first got that car. Mm -hmm. That car wasn't for you. The universe is leading you down a path that is right for you Mm -hmm. to get what you deserve in divine timing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think it's also another thing. We try and rush the process. But if we're not, again, a vibrational match or energetically ready for that manifestation, Mm -hmm. then it's going to come at a consequence because we can't keep it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Faster is not necessarily better. Like not only do we have to be at an energetic match, but also universally the energy has to be in a place for you to have that thing. So Mm -hmm. even like if you want to have a business or something and you want it to happen, you want it to be successful and take off and three weeks or three months, but the universe knows that the market's actually going to be in the best position for you in a year or nine months, you might think, oh shoot, I'm doing something wrong. But it's like, no, 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 just sit back. The universe knows the exact time that it's supposed to take off and the exact time that the market or the people around you or the world is going to respond to this, how you really want them to respond.
1: You can't see, but I'm nodding a lot because that is (laughs) so true. I felt the exact same when I first started my business. Because I changed it so much. I think you might remember this, like in the program that I was with you, Mm -hmm. I changed from first wanting to be like a life coach and business coach. And then I transformed it into like, no, I need to do energy healing. And again, like it was a slow start. like It it still is gradual, but I know that I have an inner feeling that I know things are coming. I just have to wait. I have to wait to see what happens and just follow the breadcrumbs of happiness and it will lead me to Mm -hmm. my manifestations. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Biggest thing that I've learned about manifesting is that, or biggest mistake I think that I made with manifesting was like, faster is better. And if it's not happening fast, it's not happening at all, but Uh it's not true at all. Uh Okay. So now that we're like 40 minutes in,
1: (laughs) (laughs) no, I don't think, I don't think we're back.
0: Yeah. We'll come back for round two. Um, well, I feel like they already know so much about you now, but I want to ask, I just would love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, who you are, what you're into and what you do. And then we'll talk a little bit more about Theta Healing in a second too.
1: My name is Emily.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm 26 and I went to school for food and nutrition thinking I was going to be a dietitian and help the world in that way. And I realized very quickly that it was not the path I wanted to do. I ended up being a personal trainer for a year and realized that was not my avenue either. And then I went through my spiritual awakening. Um, It was mostly invoked by my own health issues and Western medicine not finding a cure. And I had chronic inflammation, digestive issues, and nothing and I mean like nothing was working no matter how many doctors prescribed different pills and everything. And so I started looking into meditation and a natural path. And I went through a huge spiritual awakening where I quit my job. I ended things with that boyfriend that I manifested. Um, and I went deep within myself in a way that I t- I read so many books. I tried to learn everything I could about energy. I went to so many energy healers, which are all amazing experiences. And then I slowly started getting intuitive messages that I was supposed to be one of these energy healers. And I, it felt good. It felt familiar and it felt right. So that's when I started to, that's when I ended up hiring a business coach to try and start my own business and at that point i really wasn't sure what i wanted to do and it kind of transferred into doing theta healing after i had a session done on myself which helped so much with so many of my own problems that cause digestive issues and what i figured out during all this is that our physical body is just a vessel for our soul to live in and our body gives us clues when our soul is out of balance and when we're not in harmony and inner peace and all these times where we might have a chronic illness or disease that we think comes out of nowhere like mine did it literally one day i woke up and i was like oh well i'm in pain great and it stayed for like five years all those random times are not actually random times but overlaying patterns of us ignoring what our soul is needing and so it's almost like our soul is like, okay, well, if you're not going to listen to all the messages I sent you, well, I'm going to get you sick. So finally Mm -hmm. you'll listen. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So when I started meditating and falling in love with that, discovering so much more about myself and that's when I knew I had to help others and I had to help reawaken the world that right now is asleep. The end. And then we came here. (laughs)
0: and now she's on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) all of that and then okay I was nodding so much during that because I I have a similar story which I'm I won't get into too much but of like health issues coming out of nowhere and for me I was in college too when I had digest when I started having digestive issues and just really random (laughs) symptoms coming up out of seemingly out of nowhere and I really love what you said about like how sometimes our soul is trying to communicate to us. And like, it knows that nothing, like we just keep ignoring and ignoring and ignoring. And so it finally, it starts like shoving us more and more and more. And eventually it has to just do something super crazy to get our attention, yeah. like get us sick. Or I don't know, maybe we get into an accident or something really severe happens because it knows like there's no other way we're going to respond. Um, and like additionally what I, what I really, what really broke through for me was this idea that we have so many different bodies. Like we don't just have a physical body and not even like the bodies you were talking about earlier with like different lifetime bodies, but like even just in this current lifetime, we have so many different bodies of like, we have physical and then we have several different layers of energetic bodies. And what I learned is that disease really starts like way outside of us in our energetic field. And it's not until like several layers of Imbalance that it finally, like physical is is one of the last places that disease actually manifests. So when you have symptoms, it's not like that's the beginning of disease. It's like, that's Mm -hmm. one of the last stages of your disease actually manifesting. So I I similarly was like, okay, well, this is not, I don't need like a supplement or a drug. I need to, I need to step into energy. I need to like, if it started on an energetic level, that's how it's going to heal too. That's how it's going to come back into balance. So I think it's, it's just so interesting how, I think that's a really common story for a lot of us is like, we start with Western medicine and that doesn't work. So then we go to like a supplement or something more natural, but it's still targeted towards the physical body. So that's not really working either. And then finally we're like, okay, maybe this is something spiritual or energetic or even mental that I need to address.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, have you ever read about like the holy like placebo nocebo effect?
0: Not the nocebo. Um, Or is that just, that's just no placebo or is that something else?
1: So like with the placebo effect, um, how you're given a pill you think is a pill that's going to cure you Mm -hmm. and your body will cure itself through your mind because you think the pill is actually doing it, but it's really just your own body. Whereas the nocebo is that if somebody tells you you're sick and you're not actually sick, then again, if you believe it, your mind will become sick. So mm-hmm. if someone tells you if you take this pill, well, you wouldn't actually take the pill then, but <laughs> if someone, <laughs> that makes no sense. But if someone told you, like, if a doctor said, I'm sorry, like, you're going to die in, like, less than a month. If you decide to believe that, your body will actually listen to your mind's belief
0: yeah. and
1: you'll become sick and die in a month.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's, like, the placebo nocebo effect. So it's the same thing with, like, our bodies. Like, our bodies are trying to give us messages and if we don't energetically um, respond to that then we can continue to become sick as we Mm -hmm. keep telling the same messages to ourselves: like we're sick we're sick we're sick we have Mm -hmm. this issue we can't have this you can't have this or this will make us sick our body and our mind just believes it
0: yeah I think that's a really big one with food is like these foods make you sick these foods aren't good for me but then eating them and then, oh, okay, it's going to make me have this response. I know because I yeah. had digestive problems too. That was a huge thing. It was like, oh, this food's going to make me sick. And then I would eat it and then I would feel sick or even yeah. sicker. So it's just, you get into such a vicious cycle with it. Um, Your mind is very powerful. Yeah, it's crazy. So um, how, did, how did that experience guide you into – well, I you said a little bit, but how did that experience guide you into what you're doing today and specifically Theta Healing? And what is Theta Healing? Um,
1: again, I was, I was given Theta Healing from the universe. I was still at a point where I was doing different types of energy healing. And I had a friend who randomly suggested Theta Healing, which I had no idea what it was about. A lot of people don't know what kind of energy healing modality it is because it is still very new but she's just go try it out? I know the practitioner. I was like, okay. And I sat down reading what it does and something like in me just clicked. I got like a wave of goosebumps or like spiritual shivers, they call them. That is a message from like your soul to your body, that something is true and something is right. And I got the healing done on myself and it dug so deep into my own limiting beliefs that I was like, this is what I have to do a hundred percent. And if you guys don't know what theta healing is, theta healing is an energy healing modality that brings your brain into a theta state. So we have our alpha waves, gamma waves, delta, beta, and theta. Theta accesses your subconscious mind. So when you're first a kid, um, your brain from, zero, from ages zero to seven or eight, your brain is always pretty much in the theta state. And that's a time period where you're all you're doing is downloading information from your parents, from the environment, from friends, everything. So that is a time period where you build the basis of your beliefs and where you live the rest of your life out of those beliefs your subconscious mind controls 95% of your activity throughout the day because they're just it's just like habitual so all the students just replaying the limiting beliefs that you learned from your kid over and over and over again so what theta healing does is it actually brings you into that meditative state of theta and it allows me to access your subconscious mind from there I'm able to pull out those beliefs that I, you guys don't want to have in there, and again, everything is done with consent. You're not consent. I said right? Everything is done with consent. Um, so we're just either lying, you're lying down, or the client is sitting across from me, and I ask for verbal per- permission for everything I do, and I just remove the beliefs. Um, I dig down into the root belief of what an issue could be. So, for example, if you said, "I could never make enough money." That seems simple enough and I could easily add the belief that I make enough money. But what happens is that, that is kind of our ego's way of protecting us from the true limiting belief. So if I dig deeper and I ask all these questions to dig deeper into finding out that, okay, well, the reason why you can't make money is because your dad never said that you were good enough for this and you never felt worthy. And if you don't feel worthy, you're going to die alone and blah, blah 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 and the root belief could be that you're going to die alone and it, mm. it's it's very interesting the pattern in which you can go so what happens is i get that root belief and i take out that belief and like a jenga game all the other beliefs fall away Because wow. so if you don't have that root belief then nothing else can affect it so for example if oh my gosh yeah it's amazing to see the pattern of yeah where beliefs come from if you feel like oh i can never hold on to a partner. Maybe it's because you never felt, or maybe because you were always in competition with a sibling when you were a kid. And so you never felt that you were worthy of love because your sibling always got love and you didn't get as much love. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you didn't get as much love, maybe you'd be physically hurt if you tried to assert yourself above your sibling when you were younger and like it just travels yeah. all the way down yeah and again all that comes from that time period between one sorry zero and seven or eight when you're forming all those beliefs mm-hmm. so I add in feeling work from and what we do is like I actually go through what's called the seven planes of existence and I could literally talk about that for hours because it's an amazing <laughs>
0: But I could listen yeah. to it for eight hours. This is so fascinating. I'm so glad
1: I have that soothing voice, don't I? <laughs> yeah. But um so we're all on different planes. Like we're on the third plane, where it's like animals and humans. Um do you want me to tell you just the different planes really quickly? Yeah, yeah, I'd love okay. to know. If I remember all of them, because now you're testing me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're I feel like on the I spot? Offered. Yeah. Um, the first plane is all with elements. So that's where we get all of our vitamins and minerals and everything like that. The second plane is all about, um, I believe that's like plants and one other thing that I can't put my finger on. The third plane is where mammals, animals, humans, everything lives. The fourth plane is where spirits live. So that's why people sometimes see ghosts because they're just one spirit above us and they live by the same laws as us. So based on like duality, so the good and the bad, that's why, again, there's some good ghosts and some not good ghosts and their plan is exactly the same as ours. It's just like a level higher. So they're out of like the bodies you were talking about earlier. They're just not in their physical body. They're now in like almost like their astral or their energetic bodies, like one step Mm -hmm. higher. And then on top of that is the ascended masters and angels so like buddha or mother teresa or if you're catholic like jesus right all of these are like ascended masters that have come down from that plane to this plane to help us learn the lessons we need to learn to help us rise up as well
0: so is this like 5D kind the of fifth plane the
1: fifth plane yeah fifth plane yeah, okay yeah. and then the sixth plane is the laws so all the laws that govern the universe, and even this world. So like gravity, law of attraction, karma, like this is where like the synchronicities of like the numbers come in. And it's amazing. You are blowing my mind. And then the seventh plane is um, the creator of all it is. So it's, the way I try and say it or see it is that it's not based on any religion, but in every single religion, we have that ultimate person or Um, entity that we believe in, right? Whereas I consider it, and this is just my own belief, but I consider it that all of them are ultimately love and light. That's where we all want to go to, love and light, and that's what the creator is. So it takes what every single religion believes in as like something higher than them, and that's it. So it's just ultimate love and light, and that's where I do the healing from. So I don't, I don't actually do the healing. I witness the healing being done from that seventh plane. So I travel up through the seven planes and from there, then I do the healing and watch it being done. Oh my God, Emily. <laughs> and what I this discovered actually. Insane. Sorry, I took it off. No, what I discovered keep going. Um, during my own practice and getting like my training and doing it on myself is that a lot of energy healers they don't go up to the seventh plane. So what happens is that there's different vows in every plane. And if you heal from that plane, you have to abide by those laws based on like the sixth plane. So one of the laws, I think, from the fifth plane is that if you heal, you have to become sick. So a lot of energy healers, they'll feel very drained after they do their own mm-hmm. energy healing because they're coming from that plane and so they have to abide by those laws if you want to deal with and this is what's tricky with people wanting to talk like their spirit guides and everything is that if you decide to do that you're going from the fourth plane and there's a chance you're not going to get the good spirit guides Mm. so again you have to follow those laws if you go on that plane Mm. same thing with like I think the second plane is all like the spirit, um, the pixies and like fairies and all that kind of entities. But Mm -hmm. again, they cause mischief. So if you go on that plane, you're going to have to abide by those laws. It's it's amazing.
0: So you go to the seventh plane Mm -hmm. because it's only love and light.
1: Yeah. And from there, I just witness it being done. And from that point, I can do manifesting. I can talk to your spirit guides from that plane. I can talk to um, – I've talked to plants before. And every time I tell my mother this, she thinks I'm crazy. Loony. Yeah. but <laughs> My mom would think the same thing. <laughs> I've done, like, energy healing on, um, like, Aunt My Pets. We do it on – Oh,
0: my god. And again, gosh. because we're
1: talking to your – like, we can talk to your, I guess, your superconscious or your higher self. So one time I remember doing an energy healing on, um, a little girl. He was, he, my God, who was mute and, um, yeah, she was mute and she was also paralyzed. So she couldn't actually talk, but we still did the energy healing through her. Um, and by speaking to her, like her subconscious and she actually had negative entities. And spirits attached to her because they attach to a lot of kids because they're so full of love and light so we summon those bad entities to the light and it was the most amazing experience because this is when I was still doing my training so like the ego part of you is like is this really real mm-hmm. and like the spiritual side of you is like no 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 no! it's trusted trust, totally it, real. Like, trust yeah, it go exactly. with it <laughs> yeah and after this like I'm a believer because when we did a group healing. So I was one of the the practitioners who was just sending extra love and light. But I heard the practitioner beside me saying that she's noticing that there's resistance, like the spirits don't want to leave and that there's two bad spirits attached to her. And during this time, the little girl started to have a seizure as we're trying to remove them. And as soon as the practitioner beside me said like, okay, they're finally up to the light. The little girl took the biggest exhale and then went soundly to sleep and we were all bawling our eyes out it was like we all had goosebumps i like my jaw was like dropped and i was like okay did anybody else do that like is that just me <laughs>
0: <It> <laughs> am i be girl, right now? <laughs> now
1: and yeah ever since then i've had like amazing experiences with energy healing and especially theta healing so to sum that all up
0: remove limiting beliefs I'm good feelings. Done. <laughs> yeah. So this is so profound because I think so limiting beliefs is something that's like just thrown all around
1: yeah, right now. All like the
0: time. and I think it's good, but I I think most people, like when you were describing how maybe I think people feel are like coming from their ego when they're like, Oh, these are the limiting beliefs that I have. They're like all from their ego. They're not really from the subconscious, or the—is it the superconscious that you said? Um,
1: I can talk to your superconscious, like especially like if you can't speak. But I mostly just access your subconscious. Okay. And you discover it yourself
0: because okay. you're not
1: a therapist. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, but I think we're like, oh yeah, I think it's coming from our ego, and we're like, oh yeah, my belief is that I can't make money or something. But how you take it back five more layers or ten more layers is so unique and so different and I think is what is really setting this work apart from what other people might be doing with limiting beliefs have you ever heard of NLP I have linguistic programming have you ever done it
1: um I actually because I love learning especially about anything to do with mindfulness or healing but so I did read a book on it um but I haven't implemented it into my practice yet okay um but I, where, where are you going with this? Because if you have well, more to tell me, then I'm out, I'm out of words.
0: Well, <laughs> I I don't even really know how to explain it. It's I've never done anything like it. But it's once I was when I hear, heard you describing theta healing, it reminded me of NLP because I've only I've never done it on myself. I've only done it with a practitioner, and I he must be psychic or something. Or actually, what you're describing about going to um, seventh plane or like a different Different dimension or different plane i'm i'm confident that that's what he's doing as well and the healing is just coming through both of us um because i i've never had an experience like he as well won't stop at what i tell him he goes back so far and every every memory he brings up is always from childhood that's always where the root of it starts and he just works his magic and clears it and then he inputs a new belief Mm -hmm. so it sounds really similar to what you're doing um but i'd be
1: adding in both what'd you say He might be adding in both. So you might be doing data healing and NLP.
0: Yeah. He's doing some magical (laughs) stuff. (laughs) I need to have him on the podcast. Um, But I also, like, I feel like it's important for people who are listening to know too. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of like shit talking around the ego. Like people are like, oh, the ego is everything. Every bad thing is the ego. Like the ego fucks everything up and ego keeps us stuck. But I think it's important to say like whatever beliefs that you have that you developed from 0 to 7 or 8 years old were from were a result of everyone else around you for the most part doing the best they could and from you and a result of your body and mind doing the best it could to keep you safe like doing mm-hmm. the best it could to develop habits or instill beliefs that would as much as it could know keep you safe so I think it's important going into something like this to not like be to not hate yourself or to not be frustrated with yourself, but to just know, like, okay, this is this is a result of everyone around me and myself doing the best that it could. And now we're just gonna instill something even more productive or even better that's really gonna be a contribution to me because maybe this thing worked at one time, but now something better could 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 work, or there's a better um opportunity or a better thought instead of just being like so negative about it and so um frustrated with like why why me and why this thought and why is it so difficult and why did my parents tell me this it's kind of like honoring first I
1: don't know Mm -hmm. if you've
0: seen like people coming to you that are frustrated or that feel um almost like victims like oh I have all these like thoughts and I'm just never gonna get out of it um oh yeah
1: for sure there's tons of people that um And sometimes those are the ones that are harder to reach because in their mind, they're already set on what their belief is. Um, But I totally agree with you on the whole, everything about ego has been thrown around in a negative way because like I mentioned before, in this plane, we do have duality and we can't get rid of that. Um, There is good, there is bad, and there is soul and there is ego. Um, what you do need to do or one of the things that is important is to become aware of that ego. You don't necessarily need to remove it. You need to become aware of it. Um, One of the things that I've noticed after my own spiritual awakening, and they let me know if this has happened to you too, because I've actually been very curious recently. Um, But (laughs) it's going to sound crazy. I don't stop thinking in a way that, like, everyone thinks, yeah, great, Mm -hmm. but I think, and then think of the reason why I'm thinking, and the reason why I'm thinking of that, and where that could come from, and, like, how, like,
0: Mm. I go
1: so far deep on every single thought, and what I've noticed is that the more you become self-aware, it almost seems that time has slowed down, so when you do think of a thought, you have It it's the weirdest thing. So I'm like, you're granted the gift of time to become aware of and observe that thought and where it came from. And like, why do I feel this certain emotion? Why does this person trigger me? Like, why should I have this negative feeling toward this or this positive feeling toward this? Is it coming from a place of love or hate? Is it it that's my mind all the time. And some part of it, not gonna lie, it kind of sucks because it's hard to slow it down.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But the other side, it it lets you become so aware of when the ego and when the soul is coming up Mm -hmm. that you know which direction you want to take your actions. Mm -hmm. So again, like the ego is what's brought you to where you are today. Mm -hmm. The ego is just ingrained in us from times when we had to run away from woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers and all that fun stuff to the point where now we're trying to fight um, psychological fears and issues that sounds right i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah sounds like a great word <laughs> all those like p's and s's and h's and <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so our ego is what brought us here today and it's what drives us to start our own business and to Ask that cute guy out and whatever Mm -hmm. it could be. But as long as we're aware of when it does come up and asking yourself, is this coming from a place of love or hate? Because if it's coming from a place of hate, then you know it's the ego acting out a limiting belief that's trying to protect you. If it's coming from love, then you know it's driving you more towards your soul action and your purpose here. Mm -hmm. So always asking yourself, okay, like, is this coming from love or hate, whether it's an action done by another person or yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's harder when it comes to another person because if someone like, for example, cuts you off in traffic or I don't know, yesterday my mom got upset because her steam points wouldn't work for watching a movie and she got furious mm-hmm. and that was acting out of her ego because it, it was the tiniest problem, the little idiot bittiest problem. Mm -hmm. But in her mind, she felt like she was, something was taken away from her. And that probably stemmed from something from her childhood that something was taken away from her. So she didn't like that feeling. Mm -hmm. So again, her acting out of ego and getting mad at the poor person who was working there that day, bless her soul, then that's acting out of hate, not love. Mm -hmm. Whereas if she took the time to realize, okay, like I feel like something's taken away from me but I still want to be note of my rights or whatever it is. Let me see if I can talk to somebody, but I'm going to talk to them in a proper manner. And then I'm going to come back to that issue later in my meditation or my journaling, or whatever, of feeling that something has been taken away from me
0: yeah.
1: that can be acting out of love.
0: Yeah. So
1: literally how my mind works all day.
0: <laughs> well, I really like that because Don't they say that, I think it's like 95% of our day is just habitual, like it's just our subconscious running, like maybe even more than 95%, it's like almost 100%, Mm -hmm. is just on autopilot. So I like that because it's like you are, by you stopping and questioning, why am I thinking this, where did this come from, is this really a contribution to me, is there something better I could say or think instead, you're kind of, you're getting around like just the subconscious programming and the habitual patterns that we just like the autopilot that we just fall into. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, wait, no, that's not me. I'm going to come back into truth and love and like, and what's real and take my day from there. Yeah. So I like that. And I think that, I think we should all be doing that. And I'm, I'm sure too, I mean, you said like, you kind of hate it, but I'm sure eventually it just kind of that becomes habitual like oh what's going on here oh, okay yeah. I'm gonna switch it into this okay cool and then I'm on with my day and then it happens again cool I'm on with my day I'm choosing from love instead or I'm, I'm stepping mm-hmm. back into soul um and they say
1: that like when you go through spiritual awakening you can never go back you can never oh, be yeah. blind again to what or walk through life acting whatever way you act like, and like okay whatever happens happens yeah you you're just so aware of everything and you see other people's limiting beliefs and where they came from. And, but that's why I love meditation because it allows you that time to become the observer and not the reactor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's like being able to see every part of you and every part of others without taking it personally or without thinking there's something wrong with you or without jumping into a reaction, towards others and just be like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where others are at. I'm good with it all. I'm accepting it all. And I'm coming back into love. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that, so in terms of like, if people are confused, like what's ego versus what's soul, is that the best way for them to know? Just asking like, is this coming from love or fear? I, yeah, I
1: think so because, Again, I've seen many lists of like things that come things that, like, that are part of the soul, things that are part of the ego. Um, but like I said before, for like the journaling, what's right for one person might not be right for another. Yeah. Um, and we have to we're all different. We all come from different backgrounds. We've all had different childhoods. we need to ask ourselves and only ourselves all the time, am I coming from a place of love or fear?? Yeah. Um, And when, again, when we start practicing more self-awareness and becoming the observer, everything we act and everything we do, we can slowly start to pinpoint things that are part of our ego. Mm -hmm. And a good idea as well is to write down a list. So when things come up and maybe you do answer that, yeah, this is out of fear, write it down. Then spend some time working on where you think that came from, why it came up. And why that person or place in your life that triggered it, why you think that came up. Mm -hmm. Because again, it was to teach you a lesson. It's to bring that awareness to you of a limiting belief or part of your ego that maybe you didn't realize you had. Mm Oh, yeah. it comes full circle.
0: Yeah. And I want to say too, like, even if you're thinking through like, okay, is this coming from love or, or fear? It might still be scary even when it's coming from love. And it probably will be scary when it's coming from love. Because um, I know some of the greatest things that I've done out of love were some of the scariest things I did, but I knew that they needed to happen. I just kind of had this like inner knowing that it was where I needed to go. Like you you said earlier, like spiritual shivers. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, it's like you have. I feel like that's another way to know if it's coming from love. Like, if you think about it and you feel that like tingly sensation, or you just kind of have that gut response, it probably will feel scary because it's going to require that you step up to a higher vibration or do something you've never done before or show up in a bigger way. But you still know that it's coming from love. Mm-hmm.
1: And you can ask yourself, what's the worst that would happen if you did do this or do that or whatever? And again, if. What's the worst thing that can happen is either nothing or yeah. that, which is, again, it's never nothing or this. We wouldn't be scared of it. PS. Or if it's something that's really good, for example, if starting a business, what's the worst thing that can happen if you start your own business? Well, I could fail at it. Okay. Well, if you fail at it, then what, what, then what could happen? Well, I could do this. And again, you can mm-hmm. backtrack your own beliefs. Yeah. And if it's coming out of a place of fear, work on that. And then, and then take that leap and then act through love. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally. Isn't Emily just absolutely amazing? I loved this conversation so much, and I personally got so much out of it. So on the second half, which will come out next week, we really dive deep into tuning into your own healing potential. We talk about why it's important for healers to have their own healers. And Emily speaks about how energy gets stuck in different chakras and what we have to do to release that energy and find balance in our bodies. So if that sounds interesting, make sure that you join us again next week. And that is all I have for you today. I'm so happy that you're here. I hope you got a lot out of this episode and stay tuned for part two. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Goddess Talk podcast. If you like these episodes, don't forget to give me a five-star rating and review on the app. Until next time, you can connect with me at goddessbrandco.com or on Instagram at I am Kristen Lynch. Sending you all so much love and I'll see you on the next episode.